Hi, welcome to the Mainstream Mavericks podcast. This is your host, Will. I am joined here with my co-host, Jaron. What's up, guys? After doing a bonus pod today, we obviously, we're not just going to settle with one little puny bonus pod. Um, We obviously are going to come back to you guys after free agency because when there's content to provide, we are going to provide that content to you guys. Simple as that. So, free agency opened up today. Pretty hectic day in the NBA today. Um, Kevin Durant re- requested a trade. We covered that in the I, I covered that in the bonus pod earlier. Um, and their free agency opened at 5 p.m. Central time today. 30 deals, I believe, were off the board in the first 30 minutes. Um, so just pretty hectic day. Um, Mavs signed JaVale McGee on a three-year deal worth $20.1 million with a player option in his third year. Um I assume, and he, he's going to be splitting the taxpayer mid-level exception with Jaden Hardy. So I assume his contract will be ascending. He'll only get um, maybe like five something million this year, and then Hardy will get the rest. And yeah, as the cap rises, uh, yeah, his money will rise, rise accordingly. Um, so we're going to be covering all of that today. Um, we're going to be covering the Mavericks' future moves they could possibly possibly make after seeing what they did this first day of free agency. Um, we'll dip into the Jalen Brunson stuff a little bit, um, just kind of how messy the situation ended up being. But at the end of the day, we've had like three separate podcasts about Jalen Brunson. Yeah, it's about at the end of the day, I am just happy that the situation is resolved and over and that the Mavs did not waste the time having a meeting with him because he was just getting a, him. I don't know if it's just him or his camp. It was just getting a bit much to deal with with all the con- conflicting reports. But honestly, just kind of happy he's gone. Um, so I guess we'll go ahead and leave from the top. Um, got a few guys written down here that signed deals that um, were kind of on our little free agency board that we had for the Mavs. Um, Gary Harris signed a two-year, $26 million deal to return to Orlando. Definitely went above the price range that, I mean, he would have been – he was definitely like my number one guy personally for the taxpayer mid-level exception. If you would have took a discount to come here, but I mean, I feel like he's well worth that 13 million a year. So he's, he's a ahead. guy. He's a guy. I feel like if the Mavs, you know, maybe offered him money, I feel like he, and especially if Jalen Brunson had stayed, uh, that makes us for sure contenders. I feel like if we offered him, what was it the 6.2 Emily? Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that may have it's been actually a little under 6.5. I looked this up today. Okay, a little under yeah. six Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a guy, you know, I mean, past his past, but maybe maybe he would consider. Uh, but, yeah, definitely getting, what was it, two years, $26 million with Orlando. Uh, that's way over the pay grade of what I really thought he would get paid, but I'm happy for him. He got some money. Um, yeah. But, yeah. No, I, was, I wasn't expecting him to get more than the full MLE. Um, you know, I guess the hope for him is he's only, like, 27 i believe and he was averaging like 18 a game in denver a couple years ago has a little bit of shot creation ability you know also in tandem with him being a really good 3 and d player obviously suffered a really hard injury um but you know if there was any hope you know he's only 27 of him getting back to that level he was at in denver on that sort of discount um that definitely you know if the mavericks would have kept brunson that would have been a 
that would have been a roster to compete with for sure. Exactly. But, you know, it's um, you can't really be mad at him. I mean, for taking his bag, uh, especially after his injury, happy for him. He got his money. Um, so none of these deals, like there have been years past, especially in 2019 free agency for the Mavericks that I simply was just distraught at all the players going off the board, seeing like, Oh, the Mavericks literally could have got that dude. Like he was not that much money there. I mean, I don't know about you, Jaron. Uh, was there, was there like really like any guys that you were like thinking the Mavericks could assign, but I mean, I just, the Mavs, all the Mavs had was the taxpayer mid-level exception. I feel like a lot of these guys were going above that. Yeah. Like, honestly, you know, I went into this free agency, not with a high expectation of, you know, we got a lot of money. Let's spend a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got very little money. Uh, let's try and get the cheapest possible, but let's get the best quality out of it. Uh, and honestly, really out of all these guys that we've listed and all these guys that we've kind of wanted, like they went a lot more than I figured they would. Uh, maybe, there was we maybe there was something we weren't seeing there. Uh, yeah. I really don't think it was that. I just think, you know, someone, a team needs a need uh, and they're going to give the guy a lot of money to do it. No. Really, yeah. The only, the only guy um, the Mavs definitely could have gotten, and this was a last ditch effort, not last ditch effort, but he was a guy like middle of the pack uh, was Daniel house. I want to, let me look up the figure. I know he signed with the 76ers. A lot of deals. He went down today and extensions, obviously. So I don't have the figure memorized off the top of my head. Let's see here. 76ers, Daniel House. Uh, obviously, the 76ers got P.J. Tucker early on, too. We did not even include him because it was basically a done deal that he was going to be going to the 76ers. Trying to find the figure here. I believe it was in the eights. It was something of that nature. I, I Shom says it tweeted somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I, he ended up going for like $4 million a year or something of that nature, if I believe correctly. So, I mean, the Mavericks could have gave part, part of the yeah, taxpayer MLE to them. To him, but we'll get into it uh, more later why they may have not made a move, move like that. Um, but he was like one of the only wings, I guess, necessarily that I was like, oh, wow, they actually, you know, they had the capability to sign him. Yeah. Um, money-wise, at least. Um, Victor Oladipo goes off the board, one year, 11 million, returning to the Heat. Um, did they? I don't know if they gave him the full mid-level exception. I feel like they're a tax-paying. No, yeah, they're definitely a tax-paying team. So I feel like they yeah. just use bird rights to re-sign him. Uh, Gary, um, actually, right before we started the pod, Gary Payton Jr. Yeah, uh, three, three for twenty-eight from the Blazers. That's way more than the Mavs could have offered. So no complaints as of, there. As of right now, that's the last deal to go off. Yes, that's the last deal you offer the night at one forty-one a.m. that we are recording this. Central. Um, yes, Central Time. Ooh. Um. And then two of the young bigs that we kind of had penciled may be in the range for the Mavericks to get with the taxpayer MLE were Isaiah Hartenstein and Mo Bamba. Hartenstein ends up going for two for 16 to the Knicks. Um, he was actually rumored heavily go, to go to the Magic, so kind of funny that he ends up going to the Knicks and the Magic just end up having to re-sign Mo Bamba. But, yeah, uh, Bamba got a bag, though, as well. Um, he got two for 21, way more than I was expecting there. I really thought he – might be in that um, six to eight range. Hartenstein got about what I expected. So, you know, they got off the board, and 
I was, it was, there was kind of a period of time there where I was like, are the Mavs going to do anything? It's looking kind of, um, it was just looking kind of grim. Um, but then, um, was it Shams or Woj that initially reported it that the Mavericks got JaVale McGee? I, I believe it was Shams. I believe it was Shams. Yeah. So the Mavericks obviously signed, uh, as we said, JaVale McGee for $20.1 million, three years with a player option on his third year that, I would assume at that point in his career he'll accept. Um, and they're going to be splitting the taxpayer MLE between him and uh, Jaden Hardy. They're very adamant about that. So, first of all, uh, Jaron, what are your thoughts on the Mavericks getting, I guess, just a big in general versus a wing with that taxpayer MLE money? Um, I think a lot of fans were pining for the Mavericks to get a wing and are very surprised that they went and got a veteran big, um, especially signing McGee to that figure. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that initially? Um, you know, I, like the days leading up to free agency, it it was, I think the big, my big uh, list, I guess, in terms of free agents was wings. I figured the Mavs without a doubt would go after a wing, Mm -hmm. uh, and kind of really a few hours beforehand, I was like, you know what? Like, I would not be surprised if the Mavs sign a center and trade a wing, trade for Yeah. Because uh, as Mark Stein had reported, um, after Jalen Brunson had left, the Mavericks are focused on making moves to get a wing instead of a guard. But, you know, when he uses the nomenclature making moves, that kind of sounds like, you know, they're they're more in the trade department for trying yeah. to get a, a decent wing versus – because, I mean, a lot of these guys, you know, a lot of these wings, you know, that we had targeted just kind of simply have the mass price range with that taxpayer MLE. Exactly. And there's – I mean, there's nothing you can do at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's plenty of wings we can trade for or mm-hmm. attempt to trade for. Yeah. Uh, and there was uh, – I wouldn't say there was a handful of centers, uh, but we managed to get mm-hmm. JaVale McGee. Uh, clearly – or I, I guess not clearly, but we had JaVale McGee. Uh, how many – was it 2015? Was it only one year? 2015, 2016, yeah, it was one year. Or okay, yeah. 24, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we're backing had, up Zaza Pachulia, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I think yeah. So. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But yeah, anyways, uh, he he's a former Mav. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, uh, like I said before, like that was kind of a thought that had popped up popped up in my head was, are the Mavs could possibly sign a center? Yeah. Clearly, uh, what they did, like I mentioned a minute ago, they got Javale McGee. Um. And really. You know, this is the first time I feel like in a really long time the Mavericks have had a pretty little strong front court in terms of starting, I guess. Yeah. So, you know, JaVale McGee, keep in mind, he is 34 years old. I don't think we're necessarily thinking that he's going to come in and play like 30 minutes a night like he may have been able to do in his heyday. But just a guy, you know, because one of the things we haven't talked about yet is um, it is reported that JaVale McGee is actually going to be um, starting for the Mavericks per Tim yeah. McMahon. He, the only reason he signed with the Mavericks over the Bucks because uh, leading up to the early hours of free agency, it was essentially between the Mavericks or the Bucks um, that J- JaVale McGee was going to sign with. And I believe one of the reasons that he chose the Mavs was because he was guaranteed a starting spot, which shocked a lot of fans at first. Definitely shocked. Um, but if you think about it, like, First of all, Jason Kidd, when he was starting to White Powell last year, only played, you know, in, particularly in the playoffs, I guess. It's only playing him about 15, 20 minutes a game, if that. Um, I, th- I don't really think starting necessarily 
means that you're, you're that he star. is going to be, you know, the penultimate, um, like 30 minute a game center on the Mavs. You know, I still think that the Mavs will close with some sort of lineup with Christian Wood at the five, but I think that giving him 15, 20 minutes a game, pairing him with Christian Wood offers a lot more defensive flexibility because, you know, while Christian Wood may not be able to, you know, adequately defend the Nikola Jokic's of the world or the Joel Embiid's of the world, and he can get bodied by a lot of fives just because, he's you know, he's a little underweight. He is an athletic guy, but, you know, he's only about 6'10". JaVale McGee has, I mean, JaVale McGee has great length, great wingspan, great standing reach at his height, and despite, you know, being 34, be 35 in January, he's still decently athletic, and he's a big dude. He, he's He's not like he's just like 220 at his size. Like he weighs a good 240, 250, legit seven-footer. And he's going to be able to come in. And, you know, he's a proven rim protector throughout his career. I mean, I wouldn't say that he's like, you know, ever been on like an all-defensive team or anything. But he's like a proven, solid, you know, rim protector throughout his career. And, you know, pairing a guy like that next to Christian Wood, Chris is going to allow Christian Wood to skate out on a lot more like threes and fours defend the perimeter a little more, defend that kind of like mid post area. Um, It's just going to end Christian Wood, you know, Jackson Gatlin of locked on rockets. I heard on a podcast actually said that Christian Wood was quite good, like perimeter defensively when he was bought in. And I think that that's going to give the Mavs a lot more flexibility because Christian Wood's a really quick six ten dude. And I think that, you know, he has the weight and he has the size to be able to guard some of these three or fours. He just, you know, when he's having to expel so much energy guarding like fives, for instance, it's obviously going to be a lot harder for him to be productive the offensive end too, because, you know, strength-wise, he's just not quite built for that. So this may be the most versatile uh, defensive front court the Mavs have had in um, quite some time because, you know, you got a legit rim protector in JaVale McGee, maybe not an elite rim protector, but he's a legit rim protector. He's proven. And he's then, proven. Exactly, he's proven. And then you have a um, what I would call a switchable 6'10 defender in Christian Wood. Maybe not an elite defender by standards, but you're definitely utilizing him better by letting him defend threes and fours versus fives. What are your thoughts on that, Jaron? Yeah, uh, I mean, to draw comparisons here, uh, defensively, I, I would draw the comparison, and I think a lot of people would have the same comparison here. Uh, John Collins of the Atlanta Hawks. And Clint Capella. And Clint Capella. Like, if now, you want to I would say, say Capella is an elite rim protector. And, you know, I don't know if it's that as good as that defensive front court pairing, but it is very – it's definitely along those lines. It's it's that 4-5 pairing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something, like we mentioned a minute ago, the Mavs have not had in a very long time. Yeah. Uh, now they have. Um, but as I was saying earlier, you know, if I could compare defensively Christian Wood to anybody, it would be John Collins. Mm-hmm. Uh, not necessarily, you know, John Collins isn't an elite defender. Uh, he's not even really the best. He's not even a, like a great defender. Mm-hmm. Um, and nor is Christian Wood, but this is, this is a guy, you know, he can give you, like you mentioned earlier, that stretch four, that stretch five, uh, three, mm-hmm. uh, like he, he can d- defend on the perimeter. He can block a few shots on the weak side. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see some highlight reels of him blocking dudes straight dunking. Like, no, yeah, it'd be something interesting to see. I mean, he's a real like rain. They're both like real rangy, athletic, six foot ten dudes. And I mean, you know, when they're not being forced to guard these huge fives, 
Like, it'll just make life immensely easier for them in terms of, like, you know, just 15, 20 minutes of JaVale McGee going in there and banging with the Valanchunases of the world and banging with the Jokic's and the Embiid's of the world and the Towns of the world will make Christian Wood's life immensely easier on defense. I can guarantee you that much. And, you know, um, you know, some people are – you know, saying, oh, this is going to jeopardize the Mavs' whole five-out offense because JaVale McGee can't shoot, blah, 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 blah. I mean, I feel like the Mavs can adapt a little bit to a new play style. Dwight Powell couldn't shoot. He yeah, was still getting minutes in the playoffs. JaVale McGee's a better roller and defender than Dwight Powell. I can guarantee you he'll stay on the floor a little bit more than him. Um, the Warriors just started Kevon Looney in an NBA Finals and won the NBA Finals. Yeah. Kevon Looney can't shoot. He's a really good switch defender. He's really good in the dunker spot. Yeah. Von Looney can't shoot. The Celtics, who were in the NBA Finals, just started Robert Williams. Really good switch defender. Really good in the dunker spot. Really good rim protector. He can't shoot. Yeah, he can't shoot. You don't – I don't like the idea that you have to play five out in today's NBA. Like, I do understand that the center positioning is evolving and changing. I don't think that means it's totally negligible. I think that there's still like credence to the fact that, you know, you can play one center who can't shoot like as long as he does everything else really, really, really good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, totally understandable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love the mentions that are like two of the finals teams, they won the Eastern Conference finals and the Western Conference finals. Mm-hmm. They both had centers that couldn't shoot. Exactly. You can win, you can win without that. Yeah. Now, now, does that mean that you can't? You have to have the ability to play five out, and the Mavs certainly yeah. do. They have two guys in Christian Wood and Maxi that can both play the five. Uh, can You could put together lineups where everybody can shoot, but you also need the flexibility of having a guy that can bang down low. That, that's the, the big word. If I could underline one word, it's flexibility. And there is so much flexibility with this roster now. Yeah. Or at least with the, in the, the front court there is. Yes, exactly, which they did not have before the McGee signing because, you know, despite them getting Christian Wood, they still were lacking rim protection in a great deal. And if you put, you know, McGee and Maxi in tandem with each other, um, I feel like that gives them enough rim protection throughout a whole game. Um, I, you know. I agree, yeah. Yeah. Um, so moving past the McGee deal, uh, what do you rate the McGee deal out of out of 10? Given that, I guess, they were able to split the taxpayer mid-level with him and Hardy and, you know, just given the, some of the other guys and what they signed for going off the board, what do you rate the JaVale McGee deal out of 10? Um, if I had to give it a rating out of 10, now, given we did overpay quite a bit for JaVale McGee. Yes, yeah, so I definitely think we could have snagged him at a lower, a slightly lower number. And, yeah. you know, the whole three years thing with a player option at his age. But, I mean, he's he's aged well so far. I'll say that he, much. He that's, that's encouraging to me. He's he's gotten better throughout his career the older he's exactly. gotten. Uh, he's dipped off these past year or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, uh, he's on winning rosters. And, I mean, uh, he played – I thought those first few games in Phoenix in the Mavericks versus Sun series last year, he actually played – he had some really good minutes defensively. I mean, he was locking up Luke on some positions. Yeah. He – that yeah, he's uh, he's very versatile. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I had to rate it out of 10 right now, um, considering that we overpaid a little bit, I would do it higher. I'm going to give him a probably like a 7.5 to 8. Mm-hmm. That's what uh, I would say, too. Yeah, it's a good – you know, and you don't necessarily think JaVel McGee, you don't think starter, uh, but he's, he's probably 
going to be starting more than half the games, I feel like, for the Mavericks. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think uh, – I, I forget who you said reported it. Tim McMahon, maybe? Uh, that's why – Yeah, Tim McMahon, yep. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, look, like, this gives you versatility. This gives you some functions. This gives you some messing around to do in the front court. And that's something – that's flexibility that we haven't had. I, I can't even remember how long. Yeah, I mean, because we've kind of had like KP locked in there for the last couple of years, and that's kind of handicapped our ability to do a lot in the front court just with us having to force feed him on occasion and, you know, make him the five. Does he want to be a four? Does he want to be a five? I just I feel like that it just sacrificed a lot of what we could potentially do. So I'm really liking how this is panning out so far in terms of what the Mavs are able to do at the front court. Um, I guess next we'll go ahead and get into some of the Brunson stuff just really quickly. Um, it was a really, it was a bit, I guess, episodic and dramatic in terms of what happened in the Brunson stuff today. Um, at first Brunson canceled his meeting with the Mavericks and the Mavericks effectively like ended conversations completely accepting that he was going to leave. And then out of nowhere, Woj reports that the Mavericks, um, it was something along the lines of armed with a five-year, $106 million offer from the Mavericks. Brunson is now heading into the into a meeting with the Knicks in less than an hour. Um, these are just really strange reports, and if you read into them a little bit, you can clearly understand that this is just kind of a ploy from Brunson's camp to lessen the egregious tampering that the Knicks were doing and make it seem as if um, there was actually like – like Brunson actually like had different options and it wasn't just like he was going to the Knicks from all along. Like it just seems like a complete facade by the Knicks and Rick Brunson and Leon Rose and all those dudes. I mean, Callie, Callie Kaplan um, even came out with a story that the Mavericks never offered. They never had a chance to offer any sort of deal to Brunson. Who knows what that dollar amount would have been, but they never offered any five-year 106 um deal like whatsoever so i feel like um somebody from brenton's camp definitely um got woes to send that tweet out what was your whole reaction to the kind of just the messiness and the, how that situation evolved before brenton went ahead and signed his four-year 104 million dollar deal with the Knicks, or at least accepted it yeah uh i mean let me say this first off thank god that whole ordeal is over or at least for the foreseeable future it's over mm-hmm. i think i think there will be extensive amounts of investigations going on in that oh yes no i mean i could the mavericks have a little bit of um flexibility in terms of what they might be able to do with this now because could the mavericks you know be like hey you guys want to lose your second round pick for nothing or you know that might be a bad look on you guys send us a second round pick back make this a a brunson sign and trade and we you know brunson's first year is reported to be $28 $28 million. So, you know, they'd effectively just be absorbing him to their cap at that point. So, because it's a sign and trade, the Mavericks would get 50% back of what that was in a trade exception. So, the Mavs would net a $14 million trade exception. Or could the Mavs get a player out of the Knicks? Could this turn into like some sort of like crazy three or four team sign and trade? Uh, I just, you know, the only good thing that can come out of this um, from all this, the messiness and how the situation went down is the Mavs might be able to use a little bit of leverage to signal, hey, like, do you guys want to get your second round pick revoked or get like a fine from the league? Or would you like to work with us in a sign trade? Yeah. 
you said it better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's just this is an ugly situation. I was at dinner, actually, uh, mm-hmm. whenever I saw the report that the Mavericks offered the contract. And I, I just thought it was very weird because that morning or I, I don't remember. I think it was around one ish uh, whenever it was announced that he had canceled all. No, that was, uh, yeah, it was, it was it was right after it was around like four or three ish because I remember it was right after I recorded the bonus part. Um, but yeah, it was, it was announced that he'd canceled all meetings and I, I thought that was a little pettyish, honestly, on Agreed. the side of his camp or whoever it was making those decisions. To uh, even like schedule those meetings in the first place. If he had no, like those meetings seem to have been scheduled just to like make it seem like there was no tampering involved. Yeah. And then, you know, they were canceled and that was a big tweet. Yeah. Uh, that, that went around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, out of nowhere. Uh, well, okay. And then these reports came out that, uh, like, even before free agency started, he was like, Jalen Brunson will get a four-year, $110 million contract. He's going to be a New York Nick, blah, blah, blah. Uh, even even Woj, I think, posted about it before free agency even started. Yeah, Chris uh, Haynes, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was like, like, look, guys, it's not even 5 o'clock yet. Uh, and y'all are posting. Like, I get it's pretty much final, but pen to paper, it isn't. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, and then randomly, uh, like I think we said it was eight-ish, seven-ish, I don't know. Uh, Mavs coming out with this five-year, $106 million counteroffer. Like, where, where does this come from? Yeah. Um, and I, I didn't read the article. Uh, I didn't even know it was really fake. I thought the Mavericks were just trying to last-ditch effort, see if we could get them back. But yeah, knowing now that that's not even real, like, who uh, – that just – I mean, like, I, I, yeah, I don't know. A lot of respect lost. Yeah. For Brunson's camp in specific, you know, I, we both agree that we wish Jalen the best going forward, but I wouldn't necessarily say at this point, just because of the manner in which he, I guess, seemed to have left us. I wouldn't necessarily say I'm like rooting for the guy. Um, I'm definitely not like praying on his downfall or anything like that, but I'm not like up in arms to go see Brunson be the most successful point guard the Knicks have had since John Starks. What about you, Jaron? Yeah, you know, I'm kind of looking at it this way. Uh, you know, I'm I'm happy for him. He got he got the money he deserves. Yeah. Uh, but am I going to go cheer him on? No. Uh, you know, it's kind of like, all right, like, have fun. I hope you live up to your contract. If not, then you're going to have a really fun time in New York. Exactly. Uh, that's, that's how I kind of look at the situation. A hundred percent. This is, this is a make or break thing for him. I hope he realizes that uh, I, I could, I could uh, say a little more harsh words and harsh sentences, but uh, I'll leave it be. Yeah. Needless to say, there's about two ways it could go. Brunson could either really regret this for about six months from now, or it could be a really good decision. So we'll have to see how it plans out. But at the end of the day, it's not a fun situation. I'm glad it. Yeah. We're both just finally glad the ordeal is over and then we can move on to other things and view this Mavs roster from the standpoint of where it's structured now. Is it as good as if Brunson would have stayed? Probably not. And we've both agreed on that, that, Um, they definitely lost a just a big piece in general in terms of future flexibility with trades and just in terms of having the second best player on the roster right now. But 
we have to look at this team in the context of how it's built now. And, you know, could the Mavericks have done more to have kept him? Maybe. Um, they, they probably could have. It's debatable, though. Did he just have this hunger to go to New York? Who knows? But at the end of the day, it is what it is. He didn't – Brunson didn't force his way out. He played hard in the playoffs, and he played hard out throughout his contract. I'll be forever grateful for that. I'm just excited to look ahead to the future at this point and see how the Mavs can start shaping the roster. What about you? No, yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, I'm going to have a weird – I have a weird uh, – I, w- I wouldn't call it conspiracy theory. I, I guess just thought. Uh, I think I think personally Jalen Brunson maybe had this in his head that he's going to be a New York Nick. Probably around playoff time, maybe a little before. Because um, there was I, – I mean, I don't – I know Julius Randle, but he's also from the DFW area. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was at – uh, Mavs playoffs game uh, with the Jazz series. Yeah, with World Wide West and Leon Rose. Yeah, and that's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a little, you know, call it a one-time thing. You know, they just happen to be there. Uh, yeah. Especially with how this whole situation played out. It looks like it that was meant to be. Yeah, no, I, I would definitely agree with those sentiments. And I just kind of, I... I don't know if we'll ever find this out, but I'm just kind of curious where the page turned on Brunson in terms of him wanting to leave, whether that was it just turned right after the season. His dad just aggressively pushed it, whether it turned, you know, when the Mavs supposedly didn't offer him this contract extension in January that he definitely wouldn't have accepted. He definitely outplayed the four for 55 deal by the time of January. Yeah. Um. Was it last summer when they didn't offer the contract extension or was it, you know, like you know, after they made the Dinwiddie trade and he saw that they were on another secondary creator. I really don't know where the it shifted, but it is unfortunate, and we're just going to have to live with it going forward. It it sucks, though. It's not fun. It's not but, fun. Um, we, you know, you have to look at it from not necessarily an optimistic view because, you know, it's hard to be optimistic when – you're not going to be coming out at a free agency as good as you possibly could have been had you kept Brunson, but you have to be excited for what the Mavs could potentially do going forward because this maybe does open up. Well, I wouldn't say opens up, but it definitely pressures the Mavs to shake things up. So if you're here for more move making than the Mavs versus continuity, which, you know, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, then hey, this, this might be, this might be good for you. From a content standpoint, I feel like this is not a bad thing. In terms yeah, of- it, that is sad to say, though, that we have to say it from a content standpoint. Yeah, from a content standpoint. Yeah, like for us, it's good. But like, not in general, like, no, it's like terrible. No, it's terrible. Yeah. Anyways, um, next, Tim Cato. Now, I don't necessarily think that this was Tim Cato reporting as much as he was just kind of assuming. But after the JaVale McGee signing, Tim Cato came out and said, um, that there's um, that Tim Hardaway, Dwight Powell, and the Bertans contracts all may be on the move, and the Mavs may try be trying to find suitors and not necessarily to dump them, but to actually accumulate assets from them. Um, now I I, I feel like this is more just Tim Cato kind of spitballing what he would assume. Yeah, especially after I guess we'll start with Dwight Powell because that's you know the most important piece. Um, I was talking about you with this earlier i don't necessarily think it's that 
the Mavericks can't function with four bigs on the roster. Like, I don't think that Christian Wood, Maxi Kleber, Dwight Powell, and JaVale McGee is necessarily too many bigs. I think it's too many bigs that you're giving too much money. Yeah, uh, yeah. And Maxi and Dwight both making around the 9 to 10 figure. JaVale making, you know, presumably around five and a half, probably a little more each year after that. Then Christian Wood, as of right now, is making 14. And he's, if he plays well this year, he'll definitely – hopefully the Mavs will actually be willing to pay for him as it does – well, you know, they never technically offered Brunson, but they yeah. can pay him. Hopefully the Mavs would be able to retain him next offseason. So, you know, I'm not necessarily saying that with one of the end-of-the-bench spots that the Mavericks couldn't have – another big maybe on like either a two-way or possibly like with the 15th or 14th roster spot that just provides a little assurance in case maxi christian wood or javel goes down because you know that is kind of slim running three bigs out there but do you really want that much money tied up to to all four of those guys because i feel like you could find because i feel like christian wood negates a lot of what dwight powell does and yeah. JaVale McGee does what Dwight Powell does, except plays good defense. And, you know, maybe he's not as dynamic of a roller as Dwight Powell, but he's still a really good roller. And he's a little more, I feel, even keel on offense in terms of not being as kind of hectic as Dwight Powell plays. So I feel like a lot of Dwight Powell's purpose on this team is just kind of negated through these moves, um, being with uh, Christian Wood and um, JaVale McGee. So – um, do you think Dwight Powell, there's a decent chance that the Mavs could finally move him this offseason after fans have seemed seem to have pined to move Powell in some sort of capacity, what seems for like three or four offseasons now? Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, you got to love Dwight Powell, like not from a player standpoint, from a guy, just from a, a human standpoint. He's a great human. He is. But it, this is basketball. This is a business. You're trying to win as many games as you can. You're trying to win a championship here. Is this the guy that you want to win a championship with? Quite Especially honestly, because like how many minutes was given all the bigs are healthy? Like how many minutes is Dwight Powell realistically playing a game? Like I, I I'm gonna sit here. I think zero. Wow. I, I think he gets garbage time minutes. Um, I just really don't find a rotation where he can play. Uh, like you mentioned earlier, Christian Wood does what he does better. Javel McGee does what he does better and plays defense. Uh, Maxi Kleba. Uh, you have Davis Berton. Yeah, I mean, I, I do understand like Dwight is like in the 99th percentile in terms of uh, being the role man in the pick and roll. But I feel like a lot of that's due to, to Luca. Yeah. What percentage um, of that? that yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm not negating that he might be. A, I, I mean, I think Dwight Powell might be a better roller than JaVale McGee, but he definitely is not as big of a target. And JaVale McGee's definitely a better post up player. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, way better defender. Yeah, but where in history have you seen a five rotation big man squad? I don't think you've really ever seen that. And oh, yeah, especially adding Bertons, it's five or five bigs. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah you're adding Bertons in that, and you're adding a lot of money. I think the bulk of the money on this team is. Yeah, well, I mean, I would ne- not necessarily say. I mean, I'm sure like you know the NBA has seen tons of like big men. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Teams. That you know, especially pre you know kind of like small ball era, you know, pseudo small ball era. But I guess in the modern NBA era, um, I guess I would 
you know, recognized maybe the last 10 years, like where have you seen like this much money tied up to all those front court players? And I, what's really funny is that Bertans is making the most out of any of them. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's like kind of the saddest part, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. Um, I think there's definitely credence to the fact that Dwight Powell, Bertans or Hardaway could get shipped off in another deal for potentially a wing. Now all those contracts are, um, really, you know, they're very high salaries and the Bertans one and the Powell one aren't necessarily the most desirable. I could see a, t- a team personally taking a, t- a chance on Tim Hardaway, you know, believing in his shooting and stuff like that. But I also wouldn't mind keeping Tim Hardaway. Um, but I really think that the most pressure the Mavs have to get off of any of those contracts is probably going to be Dwight Powell. I agree. Yeah. While Bertans probably has the worst contract out of all three of those dudes. Um, his is going to be the hardest to get off. Um, you're definitely going to have to attach some sort of asset to that. Probably Josh Green, maybe a second as well. Um, just to even get off of Bertans, I think Powell's a little more feasible. I think he refurbished himself a little bit post uh, Achilles tear. Um, and I think Tim Hardaway. I think definitely I could see somebody taking a chance on him. Now, why would the Mavericks do this? Um, because the Mavericks are still kind of lacking a wing. Uh, the Maver. Mark Stein reported that the Mavericks are probably going to be focusing on uh, wings post Jalen Brunson, not really necessarily focusing on getting another guard. And I know with the Mavericks putting J- uh, with them signing J- uh, I mean, JaVale McGee with a taxpayer mid-level exception, um, it doesn't seem like they'll accomplish that goal of getting a wing, which seems to be their number one priority this offseason, unless they move one of these guys. Yeah, I, I think it's clear you have to move one of those three guys. Yeah, at least one. Preferably, preferably I'd like to keep Tim. I think Tim is the best guy out of those three. And mm-hmm. he's, he's making – I think he's making 19 mil. Yeah. Uh, but aside – like, Tim gives you a lot more than what these two combined. Yeah. Um, yeah, now, no, I mean, Powell would be the most ideal one because, you know, in Breton, despite his contract being so high, and, you know, because Breton's going to be so hard to move, like at the end of the day, you can justify being like, okay, you can always use another shooter off the bench. Yeah, yeah. I think the Dwight's skill set. I'm not to, not discrediting how hard of a worker he is. He's you know logged a lot of minutes for this team. I just feel like Dwight's skill set is largely negated by the Christian Wooden, um, Javale McGee move. And if they could find somebody to take Powell and sub them sub him out for like a mid level wing or something, maybe a talk attached Josh Green to Dwight Powell. That would definitely be a dream come true for me. No, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I especially if you could tag Josh Green in that. That frees up minutes. I feel like, or at least bench space. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's the number one priority right now. Mm-hmm. I think, I think uh, I know we really haven't talked about this, but I think the Dragic situation. I think that situation. Yes, uh, I, I was just about to bring that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty much a lock at this point. Oh yeah. Um, it's all um so today um for those i mean this is kind of we'd obviously be covering this a bit more heavily if we weren't in the midst of free agency signing javel mcgee and all this but slovenia played croatia today and they won 97 to 69 um zubac is on croatia you know luca has a history of just decimating him and putting him in a blender so that's no surprise but you know, if there's any question that Dragic can still come log some minutes off the bench now, you may have to play a more hefty role 
if he's to come to Dallas on that minimum deal that we're kind of seeking for him to come to, or really pining for and hoping for him to come to. Yeah. Um, terms with with Dallas, but you know, after making after I think getting bought out last year, um, I wouldn't put it past that he would sign for the minimum. So he actually in the FIBA World Qualifiers today versus Croatia, he had 18 points in nine minutes. And and Euro ball, that's a lot. No, yeah, that's that's quite a bit, especially um, you know, with the court being shortened and all that lucas talked about how it's harder to score in the nba i mean and in europe versus the nba he did that in nine minutes and on top of that um luca because it was apparently his last slovenian national home game it's his last like it was the last time they were playing in front of the slovenian national home crowd luca grabbed the mic at the end after the game Uh, i guess drugs was getting interviewed or something and he got the mvp chance started in the whole arena which i thought was really cool and then yeah. Um, you got to kind of see Dragic embrace with some of the teammates and, you know, I just think it would be a, I think I still think Dragic has one or two more years of decent basketball off the left in the tank, especially if you're, um, getting him at that low price tag and only asking him to come off the bench, play maybe 20 minutes. I think he'd just be a great addition. He'd be able to mentor Luca great, get through to his head on a lot of things, and he'd be able to provide a great score, scoring and playmaking uh, role off the bench. And, you know, who knows who the Mavericks are going to start, whether it be Dinwiddie or THJ, I guess, in their current construct, assuming they don't deal THJ for something. But yeah. I really hope the Dragas thing ends up being a done deal because I think, you know, I think a lot of people are just glancing past it, but I think it really would help a lot. I think there's nothing but good that can come out of it. Yeah. Whether it's solely for Luca or mm-hmm. – from a team perspective, I think there's nothing but good that can come out. Yeah, I mean, whether it's just providing some a little bit of extra playmaking and um, scoring off the bench, you know, even if Dragic was hurt all season, I mean, he's still going to provide – he's a great locker room guy at his age. He's going to, yeah. you know, be able to mentor guys, kind of play that J.J. Bray role. But, you know, he's from Slovenia. You know, he's literally from Luka's home country. He's one of the few dudes in the league who can really get through to Luka and be like, hey, you got to get in better shape. These are the things things you got to do to ensure that you're undoubtedly the MVP for years to come. And I, that's something that I think is invaluable that you're not going to find with any other player in this league, but him. And I, I'd be very stoked to see him come here. Um, We'll get into this a little later in tomorrow's pod. Um, There's rumblings in regards to Colin Sexton uh, potentially being signed and traded somewhere just with the Cavs really not needing him anymore. We can maybe go over a potential package the Mavs might entertain for that at some point. Um, But, um, you know, reports are, as far as Mark Stein goes, that the Mavs are looking to add a wing before they do a guard. I just don't know how much validity that has in terms of the Colin Sexton thing, but I'm definitely not opposed to it. We'll get more into that on tomorrow's pod. Um, Unless the Mavs make some crazy move, what they could maybe do. Yeah. And then real quickly, before we leave, we are going to go over the Mavericks Summer League roster. That was announced um, just for the heck of it. I don't know <laughs> too many of these dudes. Okay, so didn't have a chance to cover this guy at all, but the Mavericks signed Marcus Bingham Jr. to an Exhibit 10 deal, which is essentially a training camp invite. He's on there. Derek Alston Jr., forward slash guard out of Boise State's on there. Isaiah Brown. Forward out of Northern Iowa's on there. David Collins, uh, guard out of Clemson's on there. 
Justin Gorham forward out of Houston's there. I, um, I, I know, go ahead. I know him. Uh, so I'm a big Texas Tech basketball fan. And oh, yes, for those who didn't know. And yeah, Texas Tech and Houston, I guess, have a little rivalry in terms of basketball. So I've heard of uh, Justin Gorham's name bounced around. I think he's – I don't I don't remember what year he is. Mm-hmm. But I've heard, I've heard his name before. Well, that's um, very good to hear and informative of you, Jaron. Um, <laughs> but, no, I mean, we'll see how he does. Um, let me see if I'm pronouncing this right. Uh, from the Shanghai Sharks, guard slash forward, Howen Gu will be on you the Mavericks Summer League team. You, you got it on the head. I hit it right on the head. I knew it. <laughs> um, Jarek Harding out of Weber State. I saw something about this, dude, that he's like the all-time leading scorer in Weber State history. And isn't that where C.J. McCollum went? Or no, Damian Lillard went to Weber State. Yeah, I was about to say, I was like, I'm sure yeah, yeah. So, I mean, hey, um, definitely welcome to have him on the team if that's the case. Yeah. Um, obviously, Jaden Hardy, really excited to see him play. That's going to be fun. Um, A.J. Lawson out of South Carolina, guard. Jalen Lakigi, he's a guy who was on the Pacers at one point last year. Real is it is it Lakue or is it? It's either Lakue or Lakigi. I always say Lakigi. I'm definitely botching that there. I believe you're probably right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, real kind of like rangy, rangy athletic guard with a lot of bounce. Uh, never kind of panned out in the NBA, but we'll, hey, we'll see how he does on the summer league team. My boy from the Jazz, I've always loved this dude, Miaoni. He logged some time with the Jazz last year. He's kind of just this backup. Sort of underdeveloped 3 and D wing, but really smart dude. He went to Yale, and wow. I really like this dude. I've seen him play in the, a couple Mavs versus Jazz games where the Jazz had some injuries, and then he actually, like, I think started one of them or something. So cool to see him on there. Uh, Mavs two-way player last year, Moses Wright. Um, I don't know. Moses Wright got on maybe, like, one game for the Mavs last year. So yeah, I'm really um, sure. don't really know too much about him, but. I know he's with the Clippers before he came to us. I'm excited. You know, he's kind of sticking around the organization. We'll see how it goes. And from um, yeah, Bertus, uh, it spells baloney here. It's B-O-L-O-G-N-A. <laughs> that, that's the team he's from, Bertus Bologna. Um, I don't – I want, definitely sounds like an Argentinian Spain dude. Um, I have to look it up exactly. I apologize for botching this, but Alessandro – uh, Pahola, um, 6'4 guard, will also be on the Mavericks Summer League team. And that rounds up the roster. You know who's um, not on the roster? Oh, yes. I was about to say, I was about to end the pod, uh, but you caught it. Who's not on the roster, Darren? Joshua Green. Yes. Josh Green is not on the roster. Um, For the second year in a row. Yeah. No, I'm not really I, – I do know FIBA's going around – or going on. Um, I'm, I'm really not sure if he's on the active Australian roster. No, I, I have no clue, but um, either the Mavs somehow think Josh Green has developed enough to not play in the summer league uh, yeah. roster, which would just be a logical fallacy at its concept. I, I don't know why they would think that. Um, he, or he asked not to play, or he just thinks he's like, he's like, oh, I'll play in the playoffs. I don't need it or something like that. Either that's the case. He has something going on with Australia, but I mean, he was in the Olympics last year, got like all of like five minutes just not to play in summer league. So I don't know if that's the case. It could be. If it is, I apologize. I'll have to look that up after the pod. Um, but you know, this is, and they could also mean that Josh Green may be in a potential deal soon, being attached yeah, to one of those really assets we talked about earlier. It really. So, that's a really interesting little nugget, but. 
yeah, I think we're going to go ahead and end the pod there, guys, finishing with the Master League roster, just a little quick debrief. But good first day for agency again, JaVale McGee. Um, I don't feel like the Mavs are done. I no, still feel not. like there are moves to be made um, despite the Mavs. I mean, you know, I feel like Drogic is kind of a given, but I still feel like there's potential for a trading for a wing. Uh, at least I hope there is because, you know, with Brunson leaving, I feel like the Mavs ha- are going to have to compensate a little more than they initially did. What about you, Jaren? No, I, I mean, I definitely agree. Yeah. Um, they're they're going to have to find that from someone. Uh, I mean, the, the thing is, is we're not going to know until it happens. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of um, guys, you know, Katie obviously requesting a trade, Kyrie most likely out. There's a lot of dominoes to fall in the league. So I would not pet it past that the Mavs could definitely hop in on some of these on some of these um, big three, four team trade deals that are going to happen with some of these like superstars go bear might get moved. Eight might get moved. Like we'll just see how it all pans out. I wouldn't put it past the Mavs to get involved at some point though. No, we just really don't know when everything's going to happen this summer on the trade front, but you know, I could definitely, I don't think this is the last move for the Mavs now off season wise, free agency wise. I think, you know, if the Mavs can sign Dragic for the minimum, that's probably the last move they make. And oh, obviously the- re-signing Theo Penson too. Yeah, I, yeah, those, those yeah. two I think are the last signings. Yeah, no, I'd agree. But, hey, let's see what happens. Yeah. Um, I'd say an exciting first day in free agency, a lot of moving parts. A lot of guys got crazy contract extensions today. Shout out Anthony Simons getting four or four years, 100 million. Oh, came out of nowhere. I could not set that. But um, with that, we will go ahead and see you guys tomorrow. Um, you know, we are a bi-daily podcast, but – in the midst of this crazy free agency period, we're just going every day right now. Yeah, until, I was like, pods are coming out whenever they come yeah, out. Yeah, until news comes down, we're going every day. So you guys have that to look forward to. Anyways, we will catch you guys in the next one. Still have not figured out an outro, unfortunately, but we're going to work on we'll that. All right, peace out, everybody. See y'all.